The following is presented by the Center for Political Innovation, CPI, Building American Socialism for the 21st Century. To learn more, visit cpiusa.org. Some have spoken of the American century. I say that the century on which we are entering can be and must be a century of the common man. A radical redistribution of economic power. I mean, we know that racism is just, it's just a byproduct of capitalism. Everything will be all right if everything was put back in the hands of the people. We need a government that will make sure Americans are taken care of and organize the economy to serve the people, not the profits of a wealthy few. We now have the techniques and the resources to get rid of poverty. We got to start getting out there with the people. Get out of the movement and get to the masses. We need a government of action. Uh, for those of you who may not be aware, um, the Disinformation Governance Board uh, has been paused. Now, not abolished, but paused. Um, it seems like the reaction to the Disinformation Governance Board uh, Nina Jankowitz, which is set to, you know, counter uh, people like us on here challenging the status quo, people us, you know, like us that are questioning their wars and questioning their economic policies and wanting to stand up for working families against the, the billionaires and monopolists. Um, it seems like there's been such a reaction to it uh, that they have now paused it. So they brought Nina Jankowitz, uh, you know, the crazy Broadway music singing anti-Russian hysterical uh, person from the Wilson Center they appointed to run their disinformation governance board. They actually brought her on MSNBC to, to try and basically defend the reputation of the disinformation governance board. So I'm actually going sh to show you her interview and we'll react to it here on this stream uh, before, we, uh, before we go and start answering questions. So keep the super chats rolling in. Don D from NYC is doing a great job writing them down. And we're just going to kind of play. We're going to see what Nina Jankowitz had to say. The Department of Homeland Security announced the creation of a disinformation governance board. It would be an entity to work to combat the very real dangerous issue of disinformation online and elsewhere with a stated goal to, quote, coordinate countering misinformation related to Homeland Security. Now, the woman appointed to lead that effort is a woman named Nina Jankowitz. She's a former disinformation fellow at the Wilson Center and the author of the book, How to Lose the Information War, which is about uh, international relations and disinformation. But almost immediately after the announcement, a right-wing frenzy ensued, helped along, I think, by the vaguely ominous title of the office. And she found herself on the receiving end of a concerted campaign by the very same forces disinformation her office would face now attacking her and undermining her credibility with wild conspiracy theories and lies. Now, did you hear that? So she wrote a book about how to lose the information war about the role of information in international relations. They're saying that the very people that reacted negatively to the formation of this board are the ones uh, who, who uh, you know, caused the upsurge to get it gotten rid of. Um, so it seems like everything so far is pretty much confirming what I've said. I mean, if you read her tweets, you look over her work at the Wilson Center, etc., she is very clearly, very, very, very clearly uh, worried about brainwashing Americans to support wars, brainwashing Americans to support the emerging low-wage police state, etc. Um, but 
you're going to hear something a little interesting in this interview. It was so much that yesterday DHS announced the formation of the office had been put on hold. And this morning, Nina Jankowicz resubmitted her resignation. Tonight, she joins me for her first television interview. Uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, first, just to start at ground level, like not singing, unfortunately. What was this thing uh, that, that was announced and what was it going to do? Well, Chris, it was going to do exactly what you said. It, it, all these sensationalist narratives about what the board was, uh, what people thought the board was going to do are completely wrong. It was a coordinating mechanism. It was meant to, you know, make sure that the very large agency that is the Department of Homeland Security, that people were talking to each other within it. So let me give you an example. FEMA, the agency that handles disasters and environmental issues, uh, would often counter misinformation about natural disasters. And Let's say uh, a foreign adversary like Iran or China, perhaps, would put out a narrative that says, oh, you know, here's how you get out of this city or here's where you can find disaster aid. And that could put people really into danger, their lives into danger. Is that happening? Is that happening? I'm sorry. Can you show me one example of a time where Russia or China or Iran or Venezuela has put out false information about how to get away from a tornado or how to get away from a hurricane or how to get away from, you know, a tsunami or an earthquake. Can you show me one example of that ever happening? I, I mean, that's made up. That's pure fiction. And I'm sorry, I'm looking over her tweets and I'm looking over her writing at the Wilson Center. I'm not seeing anything on there about earthquakes and hurricanes and tornadoes. I'm not seeing any of that. Instead, I'm hearing information about Ukraine. I'm hearing information about Venezuela. I'm hearing about how we need to silence and shut down people who have counter narratives about U.S. foreign policy. She wrote a whole book called How to Lose the Information War. And that book didn't seem to be about earthquakes and tornadoes and hurricanes and getting people to safety. Uh, don't buy it. Don't buy it. That's the sort of disinformation and misinformation that we were looking to support the department in addressing to make sure that they had best practices and, most importantly, to protect Americans' freedom of speech, civil rights, civil liberty, liberties, and privacy while we were doing all of that. Isn't it interesting that the very day that they announced this board, I got banned from PayPal, Mint Press News got banned from PayPal. Two days later, Consortium News got banned from PayPal. Very interesting. Very interesting. But they were going to protect Americans' freedom of speech. That's what they're going to do. They're, they're there to protect Americans' freedom of speech. And, it's, and, and you, know, you know, even though all of her writing is about shutting down critics of U.S. foreign policy, how to lose the information war. No, no, no. They were all just trying to get Americans to safety when there's a tornado. Give me a break. At work. So every characterization of the board that you've heard up until now has been incorrect. Uh, and frankly, it's kind of ironic that the board itself was taken over by disinformation when it was meant to fight it. So anyone who criticized the disinformation board is guilty of spreading disinformation. And part of that disinformation is thinking that the disinformation board might shut down people who are critical of the disinformation board. Do you see what the psychological trick that she's doing here? Right? So the disinformation board was never going to shut down people who are critical of it. And that's why the people that are critical of it are spreading disinformation about it. 
And if only we had the disinformation board, the disinformation board could have prevented the disinformation being spread by the people that were never going to be shut down by the disinformation board. Is this making your heads ex want to explode right now? This makes absolutely no sense. This is like there are there are little confessions that everything said about this board was absolutely true underneath every statement that she is making. So just to, to sort of give the argument on the other side, I mean, when I was watching this play out and I was watching the frenzy develop, right, I sort of was running this thought experiment of like, well, how would I feel back in, you know, 2005 under the Bush administration if the Bush administration had announced this thing? I'm saying this very, very gently because I don't want to get canceled on social media for admitting there might be a legit criticism of this. Uh, I'm saying it very, very gently, very, very, very gently because I'm all in with Chris Hayes. I do promotionals for Jacobin when Jacobin magazine was promoted. I'm your, you know, I, I, I'm, I was, you know, cultivated. My career was launched by Rachel Maddow and I don't want to actually argue with you because you're part of the deep state and all of that. But, uh, you know, anyway, well, I mean, maybe somebody somehow might slightly have some possible criticism of this such hard hitting journalism here with this title, right? And they had appointed someone that I thought was, you know, a Republican or conservative. And, um, it, it, you know, it felt like, okay, well, here's uh, the use of the state, right? State power to patrol speech or to claim things or disinformation that they don't like. Like, what do you say to people that say, look, and look, look at, look at how she's blinking there. And she's just, he's asking her the most gentle in the most gentle possible way. Chris Hayes is asking her like, you know, you might think there might be an issue with the government, you know, cracking down on certain opinions on the Internet. I I know. I, I mean, I'm just asking. And she's looking at him like, you jerk. I am going to kill you. Look at look at her. Look at her blinking. I mean, she wants. I mean, it's like she can't stand being asked this just basic question about what her whole career is about, what she's been calling for in her writing, uh, you know, countering anyone who challenges narratives about Russia or China or Iran. I mean, give me a break. Even if your intentions were good or this was just bureaucratic, that even how dare you, Chris? How dare you ask this question? Stepping into this zone poses some non-crazy alarms for folks that are concerned about that kind of thing. Well, I fully understand Americans' concerns that they don't want government involved in policing speech. And good news. Oh, she fully understands. That's why she was giving him the, the that scowl when he asked the question that I'm sure was a prepared question. Oh, she she fully completely understands. This initiative wasn't involved in policing speech and neither was I. Um, <laughs> I think, you know, it is important. Did you hear that Kamala Harris nervous laugh to, you know, try to keep from getting angry? <laughs> that our government get involved when we have real threats to our national security. So it's not just uh, things like election interference, which we've seen and which DHS has combated also. Uh, no, actually. No, we haven't seen. Not a single vote was changed by Russia or China or Iran or Venezuela. No, no, there was no election interference. We have not seen any election interference. Facebook ads not election interference. And even that was debunked. If you looked at the court case that came out afterwards, they couldn't even prove uh, that, that the people involved had anything to do with the Russian government. So that, that you know, some Facebook ads and no, that, that no, 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 we have not seen, have not seen false. But uh, threats at the border, disinformation that is driving people to migrate here, disinformation <laughs> that could affect critical infrastructure. Disinformation that's driving people to migrate here, like Hollywood movies that make the United States look like it's a paradise where the streets are paved with iPods, uh, you know, like uh, Real Housewives of New Jersey, uh, like all the propaganda. You know, if you watch American media, you would think that that the United States, that all of the United States looks like 
New York City and Southern California. You would think that every American is rich and parties and lives in rich houses. That's, that's a huge part of what the United States has cultivated for itself around the world. People around the world really believe the United States is this happy, happy, fun land full of alcohol and, and dancing where no one has to do any work and, and you know, everyone just has all kinds of sexy technology, um, you know, and uh, wow, wow. You know, uh, so, you know, if she's worried about what makes people migrate to the United States, uh, that's a big factor. And, you know, she should be cracking down on Hollywood and Real Housewives of New Jersey and mainstream American media. But on top of that, um, on top of that, uh, you know, one of the main reasons people migrate to the United States is because of economic demolition of their countries by free market capitalism. You know, take a look at Guatemala, take a look at Honduras. These are two countries that the neoliberal economic policies have ground them into poverty. Guatemala had a longtime dictator named Rios Montt who slaughtered the indigenous people, uh, you know, and then after that, Guatemala had years, decades of free market reforms. At this point, they don't even have a, a functioning post office uh, because they privatized the post office. And, and at this point, and then they couldn't pay, couldn't pay the bill. And so now they don't have a functioning post office. Honduras you know, they elected Manuel Zelaya, the socialist president. The USA toppled Manuel Zelaya. And then they had a military dictator, Michelete. And then after that, they had a free market regime that devastated the country. There's all kinds of drug gangs running through Guatemala, running through Honduras, running through Mexico that are armed with U.S.-grade weapons. That's one of the main reasons that caused people to come to the United States. So she's worried about disinformation causing people to come to the United States. I think the first thing is mainstream U.S. media. That, that propagates the idea that the USA is a happy, happy, fun land full of free market liberalism and wealth and prosperity, not showing the real America. That's number one. The real America where the power grid collapses in Texas, the real America where drinking water isn't properly purified and children drink lead in their water and become disabled for their whole life, uh, the real America where the roads are falling apart. So that's one. Number two, uh, on top of that, uh, the real reason people immigrate is not because of disinformation. It's because of the evil neoliberal economic policies the United States has forced on South and Central America. So, you know, she's just wrong there. I mean, I, I don't know, you know, is this disinformation board going to be like, are they going to show movies? America is not really what it appears to be on TV. I mean, I mean, this is silliness. Like our financial systems and gas pipelines, all of that has very real effects for the safety of Americans. And frankly, I think DHS and other federal agencies need to be involved because this problem isn't going away. It's only getting worse. I mean, do you see Chris Hayes there? He's like, this is my job. I have to pretend to believe her. That's my job. He's got this kind of sad look on his face like, you know, I was against Bush. I was a, an anti-Bush person. And I have to pretend to believe this now. This is where the Democratic Party and MSNBC has gone. I hate my life. Well, here's so let's talk about combat, because I think that word is interesting, right? Like, what does that mean tangibly, right? If, if, if when you say combat disinformation, um, because obviously we're. It's, it's a scary word, you know, combating disinformation. It sounds like you're going to fight. Can't we use nicer words like, like, present alternative? I mean, that's what it's all about with these people. Language, right? That's the woke crowd. You know, you're using you're using scary words. You're using scary words, Caleb. If you hear me clap once, if you hear me clap twice, we don't combat things here. What we do is we share with each other. That's what we do at our thing. You know, if only she used the right words. I think sure that's what everyone's concerned about. 
They're concerned about the big, mean, scary, authoritarian words that she used, not what they do. Thanks, thanks for sticking up for, for us, Chris. That's what everyone's concerned about, combat. We're having an incredibly intense meta debate about speech and platforms, regulation and moderation there, you know, of them. So what is what is your vision or what would the board's vision or anyone's vision at, from a government potential perspective be to combat disinformation? A lot of the work that DHS has been doing for over a decade now is just about putting good information out there. Again, information about where Americans can seek disaster. Oh, totally good information. Like, do you remember when they first created the Department of Homeland Security and they had the, the orange or the threat level has been raised to orange and now the threat level is down to yellow, but then the height is that threat levels up to red and getting everyone terrified about the, the orange alert and the green alert and the, the purple and the yellow alert. Yeah, such good information, such good information, right? And when they send informants into mosques, you know, you know, to try and frame up Muslims and get them on a get them on a mic, on a hot mic, you know, making a joke so they can arrest their whole family and announce they solved a terrorist plot. You know, that's, that's, that's such, such good information that they do. Right. Um, you know, and, and that, that wasn't that other thing that they put out that great little piece about domestic terrorism, where they said anarchists are domestic terrorists and socialists are domestic terrorists and environmentalists are domestic terrorists. Isn't that such great, great information that they're putting out there? aid, information about where Americans can vote, information about the border not being open, for instance. So that that's one thing that I had hoped that we would do. And I'm also. Yeah, that's that's true. All the people that are coming to the United States, they just never got the memo that the border wasn't open. Right. Um, you know, they no one ever told them that there's this, you know, fence that you have to like, you know, you know, get a get papers and, and a green card to come. No one told them. They just didn't know the border wasn't open. You know, all these people in Mexico coming over the border, all the dead bodies they find, they just didn't hear. Nina never got a chance to send them a message and say that the border isn't open. I mean, do they think we're stupid? Do they really think we're stupid? Do they think we're stupid? Seriously. I spent a lot of my career, you know, testifying both before Republicans and Democrats on both sides of the aisle, advising foreign governments about how to build resilience in populations. People need the tools to navigate today's information environment. It's incredibly overwhelming. And so I had hoped that we would do some creative programs to equip people with the tools they need. Yeah. And we've seen the videos, Nina. We've seen the videos where you tell people, uh, basically, if you see something that sounds like it goes against what the mainstream wants to believe, don't believe it. Look the other way. We've seen the videos. Your work is everywhere. You are very, very visible. We can watch. We've seen, can see everything you've done with the Wilson Center. You're all over social media saying that we shouldn't, we shouldn't believe anything about Ukraine that doesn't match what CNN says. You're all over social media fighting with Max Blumenthal. Like, we know what you're about. And it's not about, you know, telling people the border's closed. And it's not about telling people what to do when there's a tornado. We know what you're all about, Nina. Nice try. Need to find that information in today's information environment. Not to say what was true or false. That was never the intention. Never, never the intention. No, never, never, never. All the papers that she wrote about, about you know, Russia and China and about, you know, combating alternative voices and her whole book that she wrote about how to lose the information. All that has nothing, 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 nothing to do with, nothing to do with, with, with telling people what they should believe and what not to believe. No, 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 no. Never, never, never. Um, one more question on this, and then I want to ask about your personal experience. But what, how is different information, sorry, how is disinformation as a category different than just stuff that's wrong? 
right? Because sometimes I, I think that term itself, like, it's a little bit of a fuzzy boundary, right? Like, people are wrong about lots of things. There's lots of wrong stuff online. There's wrong stuff said by people that I love. But why is it, what is the category of disinformation that makes that distinct from wrong stuff? Yeah, that's a great question and something that often is is mischaracterized as well. Disinformation is false or misleading information spread with malign intent. So that's when we have those those bad actors, our, our foreign adversaries like China, Iran, maybe Russia, spreading that stuff. Oh, oh, wait, wait. I thought it was just about how to get to a tornado. It, it wasn't it wasn't, uh, you know, countering U.S. war narratives or anything like that. No, no, no. It's not. It's not Chinese media. It's not Russian media. It's not, you know, Cuban or Venezuelan media. It's not Iranian media. No, 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 no. It's just supposed to be about helping us, helping us find, uh, find, you know, a place to hide during a tornado. Again, every like every two seconds, she gets out, you know, something that counters exactly what she's saying. Like we're watching this. So there you go. Disinformation is also harmful, but it's when, you know, Aunt Sally or Uncle John are spreading those those rumors or conspiracy theories at the, the dinner table. It can have effects on, on people's livelihoods and safety as well. But again, we were focused on, on disinformation, that disinformation spread with malign intent. And that wasn't anything to do with politics. What? It was, again, where disinformation crossed homeland security and the safety of the American people. That's interesting. Now, how does the intent have anything to do with whether or not something's true or false? I mean, I, I mean, uh, I'm just telling you, you know, if if someone is on trial for murder and someone presents evidence and says their fingerprints were on the knife, the judge doesn't say, well, your intent with whether or not those fingerprints are on the knife, your intent by presenting that is to convict the person. So I can't believe you. No. Are the fingerprints on the knife or not? You know, your intent has absolutely nothing to do with whether or not it's true or false, right? I mean, you know, the Revolutionary War of the United States was taking place. It started in 1775. No matter what my intent in, intent is, the fact is the first shots of the American Revolution did happen in 1775. The U.S. Declaration of Independence was signed in 1776. No matter what my intention, no matter what my intent is, it's still true. So the fact that they're taking into account the intent of who's spreading the information means it's not about protecting you and helping you know what's true and what's not. It's about, you know, making sure that information spread with good intent, i.e. U.S. government intent is widespread, and that information spread with bad intent, i.e. anti-imperialism, standing up to the police state, fighting for working families against the ultra-monopolists who are destroying the country, about making sure that doesn't get out there. This has absolutely nothing to do. If you're taking intent into account, you're at that point, um, you know, there you go. Um, there you go. All righty. That's, a, I think, actually a really useful definitional distinction, precisely to sort of put those at odds. Um, finally, we have about 90 seconds left. Like, I've watched this happen multiple times in my public life career. Van Jones, when he was at a, a position in the White House, who was run out of office because he'd signed some petition. And Shirley Sherrod, who was a, a officer of the U.S. Department of Agriculture, who said something wildly taken out of context. Like, what was the experience of being the focal point of this sort of like massive frenzy like over the last few weeks? Oh, it's just been so hard for her. What's it like, you know, to, to have so many people be mad at you on the internet 
Oh, well, God. It, it was really overwhelming, Chris. I mean, frankly, you know, I have prided myself. Oh. You know, it's really overwhelming to have a bunch of bread tubers making hate videos, trying to convince people that you're a Nazi uh, all over the Internet when you've spent your life uh, doing anti-racist work. You know, that's not been fun either, Nina. You know, it's not been fun for me uh, to have all kinds of people. Uh, you know, that used to be my friends not speak to me because all kinds of people, you know, aligned with her have spread all kinds of lies all over the Internet about me. You know, it's really not fun to be banned from PayPal and you can no longer accept donations from PayPal. It's really not fun to have your Twitter labeled Russian state affiliated media when you're a U.S. citizen and it's your personal Twitter account and you don't, you know, you, you use it purely for your own thing. You know, uh, you know, screw you, Nina. Oh, people were mad at me on the Internet because I got hired by the government to help silence people who think critically. Give me a break. Over my career of being a really nuanced, uh, reasonable person. Again, as I said, I've I've briefed. Yeah, that, 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 that song she did was so nuanced. That song she did that that. That, that, you know, that, that song it was just so reasonable, so nuanced. Advise both Republicans and Democrats. I admire some of the steps that the Trump administration even took to combat disinformation, including Senator Rob Portman and his bills against deep fakes and, you know, funding the Global Engagement Center at the State Department. So, yeah, the Global Engagement Center at the State Department. Billions of dollars, billions of dollars has been spent to set up troll farms and bots and all kinds of people to smear and destroy the reputations of anybody who challenges the status quo. That's why there's all kinds of YouTube videos on the internet demonizing me and saying bullshit lies about me. That's why I was banned from PayPal. That's why my personal Twitter is tagged Russian state-affiliated media. That's why there are, there are all these accounts that do nothing but harass outspoken anti-imperialist voices. I mean, you know, all billions of dollars has been poured into the Global Engagement Center, the State Department, the Pentagon has their kinds of things. Yes, all kinds of money has been poured into trying to shut down dissent on the Internet, trying to ruin the reputation and careers and lives of people who challenge the U.S. status quo. Uh, yeah, that's going on. And you're part of that. And your disinformation governance board is part of that. And that's why everyone flipped out. And what's interesting is that it seems like one of the main groups that flipped out uh, was Republicans because American politics has gotten so messy and there are divisions in the ruling class right now. And the, the Republicans basically determined that this was going to be used against them. To say that I'm just a partisan actor was was wildly out of context. And then beyond that, it wasn't just, you know, these mischaracterizations of of my work, but it was death threats against my family. Over the last three weeks, I have maybe had one or two days I didn't report a violent threat, something like we're coming for you and your family. You and your family should be sent to Russia to be killed. Encouragement of me to commit suicide. Um, all of those have been forwarded to the Department of Homeland Security's uh, security services. And, you know, that's that's. Does she think that that hasn't happened to all the people whose lives and reputations she goes after? Do you think that Max Blumenthal and Gray Zone don't get threats? Uh, do you think that all of us who worked at RT don't get threats? Uh, you know, all the people that she goes out of her way to smear and malign and try in order to try and protect U.S. media narratives. You think we don't get threats? You think we don't get harassed? You think we don't deal with problems? Give me a break. You know, it's never okay to threaten anybody. It's never okay to harass anybody. But I'm sorry, but it's like because of her and her efforts to counter disinformation, i.e. the truth about Ukraine, i.e. the truth about Venezuela, i.e. the truth about Cuba, all kinds of people have lost jobs, 
lost careers, lost income, lost threats, you know, you know, not been able to speak to family members. Give me a break. You know, she's got a cozy job at the Wilson Center, one of the main CIA intelligence think tanks. And uh, she's going to go right back to that. Such a hard time to be Nina. It's not uh, something that is American. That is not how we should be acting when we have disagreements about policy in this country. I think we need to learn how to be adults in the room. Uh Agreed. So maybe, maybe instead of trying to ban people from Facebook and Twitter and social media, you can argue with them. How about that? And maybe instead of instead of trying to shut down dissident voices and accuse them of being agents of a foreign power and and shut down alternative TV networks and shut down dissident voices, maybe you should actually uh, engage with these ideas and do the American thing and and debate these folks and not declare people to be misinformation just because you disagree with them. Oh, did I just? Okay. All right. Well. Three weeks, I have maybe had one or two, something that is American. That is not how we should be acting when we have disagreements about policy in this country. I think we need to learn how to be adults in the room. Um, and I don't have time for that childishness. I'm not going to let it silence me. I'm going to go forward and, and continue uh, building awareness about this threat in the future. All right, Nina Jankowitz, I'm very sorry that happened to you, really. Um, and thank you for taking some time tonight. I really appreciate it. All right. All right. Um, but it's worth noting, and I think, you know, somebody in the chat made this point, and this is worth noting as well. Uh, don't believe anything she says. And I mean, I don't, I don't know, you know, and people say that's a fallacy, right? I'm sure she did say some true things in that interview. I'm sure she did get those threats. That's true. So just because she says it doesn't mean it's false, right? So we're not going to fall into that fallacy. But at the same time, uh, she's an intelligence asset, right? I mean, the Department of Homeland Security is an intelligence agency, uh, she's, you know, she's tied in with the director of national intelligence. Uh, you know, she's an intelligence asset. And for those of you who maybe don't remember when John Brennan became CIA director under Obama, uh, it came out that he had denied the drone strike program and he'd said it wasn't happening when it was, and he had lied and everyone was okay with that. Cause they said, well, he's a CIA guy. CIA guys lie. That's just what they do. Mike Pompeo said that the CIA, when he was at the CIA, they lied, they cheated, they stole, you know, I mean, intelligence people, people that are involved in the intelligence apparatus, the spying entities in the U.S. government, they call the intelligence agencies, the FBI, the CIA, naval intelligence, military intelligence, Coast Guard intelligence, Department of Homeland Security. These people lie all the time. It's part of their job. And it comes out years later that they lied. It comes out years later that they lied, and everyone's just like, yeah, that's okay, because they lied. Do you think when MKUltra was going on and the CIA was getting giving people LSD to, and distributing LSD on college campuses, do you think they were going around saying they were doing that? No. you think if you'd asked a representative of the CIA, hey, are you distributing drugs? They would have said, ha, 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 that's preposterous. That must be a conspiracy theory you heard from Russia. And it was true. You know, I mean, it's like you can't believe intelligence people. It is part of their job to lie. So anything that she says there, that whole interview, was so contradictory where she's admitting that what we're saying is true and then she's saying what we're saying is a lie and then she's admitting that what we're saying is true and then she's saying that what we're saying is a lie. Like she contradicted herself so many times in that interview it made your head want to spin. You know, it had no has nothing to do with countering critics of U.S. foreign policy, countering alternative narratives about global events. Uh, it's just about keeping people safe and that's why we got to stuck. I mean, it's like, it's like she kept contradicting herself throughout the interview, messing with your mind. That was really, really something.
Um, I'll just tell you what I think about this, and then we'll start answering super chat questions. Um, uh, I'll tell you what I think. I think that that this was what we just have seen at the beginning of of you know since you know the Ukraine stuff got going. This this was a test run for World War III. Um, they wanted to see how far they could push it, right? Um, they they shut down alternative media. They put uber sanctions on Russia. They had a full mobilization all in for Ukraine, all in for Ukraine and mobilizing uh, and demonizing anti anti uh, anti imperialist voices, trying to shut them down. Uh, you know, they created this disinformation governance board. And it was to see how far they could push it. Now they're starting to scale back. Now the $40 billion for Ukraine did just go through. That went through today. Um, the Congress passed it. Rand Paul was the only senator who stood against it, but he ultimately was was prevented from, from you know blocking it or whatever. Um, but I, I feel like this was an experiment. They were seeing, okay, let's let's you know put our foot on the gas pedal and see how far we can push this stuff. Um and uh, it looks like now, now that we have the, you know, Rand Paul was opposing the $40 billion, Marjorie Taylor Greene did her thing. Uh, now the Disinformation Governance Board has been paused and Nina Jankowicz has resigned. They're slowing it down a little bit. And they're saying, all right, we're, we're slowing it down a little bit. But they were trying to see just how far they could go with it. This was all an experiment. And they were taking notes about how all of us reacted. They were taking notes about how I reacted on this YouTube channel. They were taking notes to how you reacted. They were taking notes to how the mainstream media reacted, to how Tucker Carlson reacted, to how Russia reacted, to how China reacted. They were taking notes. And that seems to be what happened, is that they said, all right, we're going to put our foot on the gas pedal, and we're going to see what happens so that when it's time to put our foot on the gas pedal and go full speed ahead, we'll know how everyone will react. They do this, right? It's like a test run, right? And that's what this was. This was a test run about how they can shut down dissent, how they can, um, you know, how they can silence, uh, you know, folks. That's that's what's going on. Um, it looks like at the moment they're they're lifting their foot up a little bit. They're not going as full speed ahead as they were about a month ago or two months ago. But we don't know. I mean, it, there's no guarantee that this is going to be a long reprieve. But at the moment, they seem to have taken their foot off the gas pedal. They seem to be slowing down a little bit. But we shall see what happens. But I just thought that was worth talking about as well.